Attention real estate investors, do you need cash immediately? If you own one or multiple rental properties, you can use your equity to get cash out fast. The best part is we don't need tax returns or even a good credit score. At America's Loan Source, we are not a bank and we don't have bank rules. We make the decisions to loan you money and there's no limit how much we can give you. Some clients have gotten as much as $500,000 or more within days. Use the money any way you want if you own one rental property or a hundred and COVID has left you in a cash crunch. We can help you turn your equity into fast cash. Call now for details and close in as little as 10 days and get the cash you need. 800-475-4261. That's 800-475-4261. Hi, this is Penny Pizer, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with a guest, Paul Robert Coyle. Paul is with us via Zoom. Paul's credits as a television writer include The Streets of San Francisco, Barnaby Jones, Simon and Simon, Jake and the Fat Man, Xena, Warrior Princess, Hercules, The Incredible Journeys, and other TV series. Paul's memoir, Swords, Starships, and Superheroes, is the story of how a young boy from Providence, Rhode Island, not only decided when he was 14, 15, that vicinity, uh, that he wanted to write for television, but embarked on that journey when, when he was 18 years old. It overcame several obstacles before making his first sale in television at age 23 and has remained one of the most reliable writers in television ever since. Swords, Starships, and Superheroes, available in paperback and as an ebook through her friends at Jacobs Brown Media Group. You can also find it at Amazon.com where books are sold online. I want to circle back to something you just said. One of the things you learn and one of the uh, life lessons uh, for anyone in in television is adapt or die. Uh you know, I mean, yep. you you started you you started off writing a particular type of genre, right. and as the industry changed, and as and as the way shows were written changed, if you were not flexible enough to change with it, I, I don't think I'd be having this conversation with you right now. Well, yes, I've needed to reinvent myself several times along the way because when I started with those streets of San Francisco and Barnaby Jones, the Quinn Martin style of show. A very straightforward, uh, you know, often the stories would be led by the guest stars, you know, the stories would be about the guest characters, and then the cop characters would be catching up. Um, and they were very straightforward, not that there was no humor, there was always character humor, but uh, there wasn't comedy per se. And then suddenly shows like Simon and Simon and Magnum, and they became comedy dramas, or what we call dramedies, um, also with larger ensemble casts. And, and 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 then it evolved into the CSI forensic, uh, the what's called a procedural, and th- that carries on with NCIS and the shows today. They no longer are led by the guest stars. It's every scene is, has to follow the one of the lead characters, one of the ensemble in the forensics lab and so forth. You you, you need to uh, work with a technical consultant on these shows nowadays. You didn't need to do that necessarily on the streets of San Francisco. You could use your imagination. Uh, but all this behind-the-scenes technical business, the, the procedural as it exists today, that's the way it is, and you need to write that. If I, you can't, maybe you can write a teaser with the uh, characters, uh, 
somebody discovering a body or something. But then from that point forward, it's going to be the lead. You follow the lead characters in a in the process of going to the lab and uh, being on the computer screen and, and so forth. And um, yes, television has evolved. And but but you know, young kids today—that's they're used to what it is anyway. They don't know how what it was like in the past. I, I spoke to a UCLA class recently. And they like they you know they they read the book and they appreciate the the stories even though they never heard of the shows that I wrote <laughs> for. How could they? They're eighteen years old now, you know. So, but my stories are hopefully universal. Yeah, you gotta you gotta evolve, and I I did that. And and after I got off to a good start with Streets and Barnaby and Chips and so forth, then that's when the the nature of the business did change. And then I went through a few, a few years uh, down period again where I wasn't selling anything. Um, my agent was saying, you know, I can't use a Barnaby Jones at a, for a sample at a show like Hill Street Blues. They're, they're not compatible. So I had to start over again and write more specs. But luckily during that dead period, at least I had re- reruns, residuals from yes. the, the shows that I had done up to that point. Yeah, which, which, which goes back to you made your first sale at age 23. And... You worked several odd jobs, you know, your first five years before you made your first sale uh, to Streets of San Francisco, but you've been very fortunate. I mean, not not, not everyone can say that to mean, you know, you not only made additional sales and you you adapted and you reinvented yourself, but you've been able to make your living as a writer, script doctor, in television since you made that very first sale in 1975. Yes, I've never, I almost wish I had another career to, and I encourage people to get life experience, you go into the military or, or something. A lot of writers today, uh, the writers of medical shows have a medical background. They were doctors, or writers of lawyer shows like Law & Order might have practiced law at some point or at least took the bar. Or, you know, they hired, they go out of their way to look for people with that kind of experience for these various types of shows. Uh, I did none of that. I strictly focused on being a television writer, you know. Um, obviously, we all have life experiences that, that come into play, but I didn't have a career, any sort of side career. And once I sold that first uh, uh, Streets script in 75, I've been a writer ever since. I Now, this book is the first time I've written non-script format. I never saw myself as a novelist uh, and it never even occurred to me to do that, to do this kind of thing. And you're partially to thank because through your show a couple of years ago, I heard about Cy Trimac's book. He was a producer that I'd worked with briefly on a show. And he wrote a book of his anecdotes. And I got a hold of that. And uh, another book by a, a writer named Nell Scoville. The TV writers uh, with they're just writing about anecdotes about their careers. And I said, well, you know, I could do this. And the shows, the particular shows that I did, Xena, Hercules, and Star Trek, have big cult followings uh, to this day. So I, that's the that's what set me on the path of writing writing this. It's a small cottage industry now. Jay Murkowski has a book. Another guy I just read about on your website last week, a, a sitcom writer, Van Zant. Yeah, Billy Van Zant. Yeah. Yeah, right, I'm going to look for his book. I like reading these other people's books, and so I decided to do one of my own, and uh, you know, hopefully people will enjoy mine. Swords, starships, and superheroes, uh, from Star Trek to Xena to Hercule, the story of Paul Robert Coyle's 40-plus year journey in television, 
and in, including behind-the-scenes stories of many of the shows that he has written for uh, since 1975, as well as the uh, life lessons he learned from uh, his uh, ups and downs and, and uh, uh, successes and hard knocks of uh, sustained uh, through the through through his path in television. Swords, starships, and superheroes available in paperback and as an ebook through our friends at Jacobs Brown Media Group. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Okay, want to go back to something we talked about a little while ago. Uh, we talked about there's a protocol in television. As you, this is something you learn the hard way through your experience with Star Trek: The Animated Series. Everything in television is a step process, and knowing that came in handy when you started working for Quinn Martin Productions, because in some respects, Quinn Martin takes the step process a step further, meaning. You know, most people would say an idea and a notion is the same thing. But in Quentin Martin's world, a notion and an idea were two separate things. Well, yes. And, and the, the world of Quinn Martin shows, uh, the, the, which were heavily written by freelancers. First of all, you'd have a producer in charge of that show, like a Phil Saltzman or a Tony Spinner, who were writers and had great careers as writers up to that point. But now they're producers of a show and they don't do writing themselves because they felt at that time that that was taking bread out of the mouths of freelance writers who were trying to make a living. So the freelancers would write those shows. So we'd come in and pitch. You come in and pitch, what, five, six different stories in a given meeting, hoping that one hits. All right, let's, let's, let's take the case of Barnaby. Prior to Barnaby, I had sold that spec uh, streets, so that was easy. I didn't need to pitch that. I, I wrote it, and they bought it, and they shot it. Um, so now I'm having a pitch meeting at Barnaby Jones. I'm meeting Phil. Phil didn't know me. Yeah, I was recommended by the producer of uh, Streets. That, that's all. So and I was striking out with all those uh, all the stories I was pitching. And um, it, my last desperate pitch was a scuba diving story. And I, I in the middle of in the middle of pitching it, I'm thinking, what am I thinking? You know, the star, Barnaby, uh, Buddy Ebsen is the star of this show. He's, what, 70 X years old, and he can't go scuba diving to investigate the crime. Yeah. But Phil uh, started, you know, he gets up and starts pacing around, puffing on his pipe and saying, we're, just, we're, we're adding a new character of Barnaby's uh, cousin or nephew who will be a, a co-star on the show, and this could be a good story for him. So I ended up selling that because they... They jumped on that premise. I didn't know anything about that character, ultimately played by Mark Scherer, or I might have tailored stories for him. Um, but then they, what they did then, the writer goes home. All right, we'll get back to you in a few days. They then write a, what they called a notion, which is a two-page, single-spaced um, the story, uh, the beginning to end, you know, beginning, middle, and end, not broken down into beats. And that goes to Quinn Martin for his approval. And maybe to CBS at the time, I don't remember if the network got involved at that point. And as far as I know, Quinn Martin always rubber stamped everything. I never bothered to read read them, but technically that was the process. Well, that's that, that's what he had Phil Salzman for. Sure, he exactly. trusted Phil. No, exactly. Um, and then they, and then all right. So then I I read the document. So that's not. So they've taken the story in the direction that they want to take it. Okay, and they named all the characters and and so forth. So so then I'm called back into the office. To, um, to work out the story um, in, a, in a general meeting. This is not nowadays, <laughs> staffs work out the story on a board beat 
I beat in a laborious days long process, all right, which I hate. Um, <laughs> but in those days, more you know, the freelancer was free to, all right, you would come in, this is the way the way we want the story to go. And I, and I could say, oh, you know, well, well this is great, but I, I have, for this these middle scenes here, what, I kind of have an idea, could I do this instead of what you proposed? And they were flexible, yeah, sure. Um, and that's how it went. And then, I, then the writer delivers an outline. And those, my outlines were 30, plus pages that were very detailed. Um, and then another meeting, I guess, and notes, at which point you either revise the outline or the next step is to go to teleplay. At this point, any producer has a right to cut that story off, either to, it just didn't work out, or the, maybe the writer didn't work out. They can fire, cut the writer off and then hire another writer to, to write the script. That's that's called a teleplay. Mm -hmm. That's why sometimes you see teleplay by writer, by one writer and story by another writer. Yeah. So I got the go ahead to write the script. You write the script, it comes in 80 pages long. So right off the bat, you got to cut 25 pages out of it. But yeah, then, yeah that's the rewrite process. Yeah. And um, then you do a, a revision or a polish. And that's then that's the end of the freelance writer's involvement. If any further changes they would make in-house themselves. That was the process and in more, Technically, it still is the process. Yeah. You, you, you write it delivers a story. You're paid for the story. And if they pick up the option, then the writer goes on to write the script. Yeah, but I think I think Quinn Martin Productions was the only company, at least it's the only company I know of, that make the distinction between idea and notion. A notion is a very specific thing, as you just laid out. I just yeah, think that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's what they called a notion. Yeah. I don't know why they called it that. I, I, you might... I might just as well call it an outline. Yeah. Technically, it's not what they considered an outline. Yeah. Right. But they did it. The writer of the story themselves never did it, unless you were on staff. Yeah. You know, there was a small staff at, at Barnaby. But uh, yeah, well, that's the way it worked. That's It worked that way on streets also. But I, you know, since I wrote the script on, on spec, uh, there was no notion connected to, to my first streets. I did do yeah. a second streets on assignment, but the show was canceled before that episode got made. Couple of things: you got to research the show, you got to do the work, you got to do all the things you, you you need to do to prepare yourself for the opportunity when the opportunity comes along. But sometimes you just got to be lucky, and you know that that's that's the same for all of us. And and sometimes timing is everything. In the case of streets. They remembered your script at a time a script fell out, and so that was the entree for Paul Robert Coyle. And in the case of you pitching your, your first pitch meeting with Philip Saltzman, you know, you pitch this story about the scuba diving, and that's when you find out that they're looking for stories from Mark Shearer. So, you know, sometimes it's okay just to be lucky. Yeah, that's luck, and uh, I wish they had told me in advance that they had a new character. <laughs> I mean, they should have—they really should have told their writers that. Yeah. And I was a young writer, and and the character was intended to be a young. I mean, that's the reason the character was there because CBS needed to bring a younger demographic to the to the show. So so um, that carries on today. Except uh, you wouldn't have a well, you might have an older lead character, but maybe not as old as Buddy Ibsen was at the time. So they needed to balance out with a young character. But all of the writers on Barnaby at the time, they were in their 40s. Then I was the young punk kid. They, you know, it, was, it wasn't typical to have a 20, whatever I was at the time, 25 or 24. That was really young. That was uh, They'd never gone that young before. So 
They should have told me they had a young character. There might have been a voice for that character, you know. But it worked out. And yes, it was luck in the sense that if if that character had not been on the show, they never would have bought a scuba diving story. You would have had to, Barnaby would have had to bring in one of the guest stars to do all the diving uh, part of the investigation. So that worked out, and that turned out to be a very good episode, by the way. Walter Grauman directed mm-hmm. it, and uh, yeah, I was I was on the set and. Uh, Flew my sister out from Providence to uh, to visit, and she spent a day on the set in Long Beach. One day, um, we did, I didn't go out on the boats. I spent a couple of days out, you know, in filming in, off uh, Catalina. So we put a lot into that show. Don Gordon was one of the guest stars. So that, yeah, that was my when my streets had been made. I did not get to go to San Francisco for the shooting. I, at the time because they, they invited me to come to dailies in the screening room at, at San Goldwyn Studios. So I thought that was more important. That way I brushed, uh, you know, was with the producer and story editor every day. So get to forge a relationship with them. So uh, Barnaby was my first, uh, it was technically it was my second episode uh, after the streets, but it was the first one I got to be involved on the, on the set. So that was a fun experience. And I were, you know, most, most freelance writers didn't even care. These guys in their 40s and 50s weren't going to be bothered to drive out to Long Beach and watch their stuff being shot. I don't know why they weren't interested in that, but I was always. Well, because, look, you've, you know, you were born, you were born with a drive, you were born with a curiosity, and both of those things came to the fore uh, when you made your first sale and find yourself at age 23, 24, 25 working in television. And so you're bringing a fresh perspective. And I like to think that people like uh, Bill Yates and Philip Saltzman recognize that, and that's why they hired you. I think so. And I have to credit Jack Sowers. And, and Jack Sowers, yes. yes. He's the one who first read my spec script and recommended it to Bill Yates. Jack later went on to become kind of famous for co-writing Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. He also veered off into science fiction. So those guys, and then here's the thing. I mean, all right, so they first they read my street script, and they said, oh, this is good writing, and we, we, this might work. Uh, we might want to see this writer for a pitch next season. But it was too late that particular season. Two months go by, and another script that they, were, they had in prep for the following week didn't work out in their own minds. They felt that they remembered mine, and that mine was a better script. That's when they bought mine. Turns out that the writer of the one that didn't measure up, so to speak, was the very same Jack Sowers <laughs> who recommended. I mean, here's a guy who's recommending a freelance writer's script over his own. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, you know, look, there, there as, as you say in Sword, Starships, and Superheroes, there are good people. There are a lot of good people in television. And, yeah, uh, Lucky to find a few where I might not be here today. You certainly were. Paul Robert Coyle's memoir, Sword, Starships, and Superheroes, from Star Trek to Xena to Hercules, a TV writer's life scripting the stories of heroes, is not only the story of Paul's 40-plus year journey as a writer, story editor, and producer for various TV shows, but includes many useful lessons on how to pursue a career as a professional writer, whether you want to write for television or any other form including the importance of building relationships with the people that you work with. Stores, starships, and superheroes available in paperback and as an ebook through our friends at Jacobs Brown Media Group. You can also find it at Amazon.com and many other online retailers. Paul will be back on our next new edition of 
TV Confidential, which will air the weekend of January 8th, among other things. We'll talk some more about working with Philip Saltzman and how that relationship morphed into assignments on other TV shows. We'll also talk about his experience as a story editor on Crazy Like a Fox and a whole lot more. That is coming up on the edition of TV Confidential that will air on the weekend of January 8th. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out, and then we'll be back with more of this week's edition of TV Confidential right after this. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800 917 2194. 800 Go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com. Rockford45.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer 
or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.